0: Hello and Happy Holidays! As a gift to you, we're treating you to this Encore ad-free show this week of one of our favorite family stories, which actually ends at Christmas time, so it's appropriate for this time of year. This Encore show is repeated today in honor of our dad, Crazy Larry, who's featured in this episode, and if you've been listening, you may have heard about him in a few other episodes. He truly is a character, a born entertainer, and a force to be reckoned with, and one of those people where you just never know what's going to happen next. So, please enjoy this story in honor of him and all the stories he's provided for us throughout the years. I clearly remember where I was when I heard the news that my dad also known as Crazy Larry, had shot my sister, Jenny. You can meet Crazy Larry in the fun grandma story in our episode, which aired February 21st, 2019. I happened to mention this incident recently while talking to my sister, Carrie, and she had some other interesting information. How did you find out that dad shot Jenny?
1: I don't think I knew until I came home for a visit. And even if I did, I probably would have just chalked it up at the time. It's like, well, it wouldn't be the first kid he shot. You know, so I probably didn't.
0: Who else did he shoot? He shot me. And uh, didn't he shoot Matt? Well, I, th- I don't know. Did he shoot yeah, Matt? Yeah, he shot Matt. Yeah, didn't they have to take a BB out of Matt's butt? Or a BB or? came out of Matt, but I thought right. no one knew how it got in there. I'm not sure it came from yeah. him.
1: Yeah, Where did sure you
0: that. get shot?
1: Just in the leg.
0: Did you have a BB in your leg?
1: No, it didn't. He was
0: mental chasing us around with the BB gun.
1: Yeah, it didn't it didn't stay in my leg, it popped back out of my leg.
0: Obviously, we might not have been one of the most conventional families on the block. One of the things that happens in our family is a chronic underreaction to crazy things that most people would most likely somewhat have a bigger reaction to, like, say, a gunshot wound, otherwise known as a GSW. In our family, we hardly bat an eye because it's just one more crazy thing, right? Especially if no one dies or is seriously injured. Maybe it's because we all come from such a large family, seven kids, so there's more possibility of crazy things happening. Or maybe it's because we've all become used to dealing with the man we call Crazy Larry, also known as our dad. Enjoy today's episode featuring my sister Jenny. It's all one story that we're calling Pregnant Cat, Gunshot Wound, Christmas Present. This is Kim A. Floden, and welcome to How in the Hell Did I Get Here? Quick note. Today's episode includes swearing. And we apologize for the uneven sound quality this week. We had some technical difficulties.
1: This was when I was about 21. I think I was going I was finishing my no maybe 23 I was finishing my degree either living at mom and dad's while I finished it and driving back and forth to college or I was just there visiting I don't really remember exactly but um I come home that evening and mom wasn't home but I think it was pickles their cat pickles was very pregnant and she looked like she was starting to like try to nest so I went and got a box from the grocery store, brought it home. And I had this box sitting in the kitchen and pickles was in it and I put some old towels in it. And she was just kind of in there digging around, trying to get comfortable. And dad comes into the kitchen for whatever reason, I cannot tell you with a BB gun that he's just cranking as he's walking into the kitchen, just crank, crank, crank.
0: Oh my gosh. Now explain the layout of the kitchen a little bit too, because that's kind of germane to the
1: story. There's the door from the living room, the main area of the kitchen with an island and counters. And then on the other side of that, there's a raised dining room and the cat's in a box on the floor in the raised area. So it's the raised floor is about equal with the height of the counters in the island. Yeah, probably about three feet off the floor. So he walks in just cranking the gun and I'm not really paying attention because that's not unusual behavior for Larry. Right. Exactly. So you're like, okay, just another day in the life. Exactly. So I'm just doing whatever. And then I think I had been making a cup of coffee and, and I see him doing that. And then kind of at the last minute, you know, he stops pumping the thing and he pulls it up like he's taking aim. And I realize at almost like as it's happening, he's taking aim at what he thinks is an empty cardboard box. I don't, I don't know if I like jumped out and like dove across the kitchen like a superhero, but I, I know I did try to get between him and the cat and, but I, I just put my arms out and I'm like, wait, the cat's in the box. And somewhere in that sentence, I feel like my, yeah, I feel my hand like kind of slam down and I look and the blood is just gushing out of my hand and the area.
0: Oh my God.
1: Yeah. The area between where the index finger and the thumb come together, kind of that V in there, that's where there's a puncture in there. But it didn't come out the other side. Right. So, and now I react just a little bit in shock, like I'm just stunned. And then, <laughs> well, who the okay? Let's back this story up a
0: little bit. Who the hell would it be stunned? You're in your parents' kitchen making a cup of coffee, and your dad comes in and takes aim at a box, and you have to stop the bullet.
1: Right. Oh, just I think stunned is kind of a mild reaction. I'm looking at my scar as we as we say this, but Dad's obviously all of a sudden stunned too and just freaked out and I'm sure full of guilt like what the fuck did I do now, right? Which is a common feeling for him. I think. <laughs> and so we, whatever happens in the immediate time frame, there we end up going down to it's about five thirty at night. Doc Risser is still in the office, right? The, he, for yeah, for decades he had his office down like two three blocks from where where we grew up so we go down there and he does an x-ray just we just wanted to know like where's the bb and <laughs> sure enough it's lodged like right where the bones come together and he he goes we're gonna have to get that out of there you can't leave that in there it's a bad spot but he's not the one to do it you know he's
0: Oh, no. I've got a scar on my toe from him that looks like Frankenstein.
1: Well, and at this point, he's probably 80 years old, but still. I think he was always 80. Yeah, true, true. (laughs) (laughs) So we load up and we go to like the county hospital. They have an emergency room. We get there. By now, my hand is pulsing with pain. I'm crying in pain. The doctor comes in and he, he x-rays it again. Like, I think I can get this. So he numbs my hand up, starts digging around in there with whatever tools. I know one of them was like a curved scissor thing. And another one was like a, a big tweezer thing. So that he's digging and digging and trying to get it. He's getting very frustrated. He asked the nurse to go get the big magnets they use to get metal out of like eye injuries. She goes and she comes back, and it's been a long time. She can't find the magnet. So she tells him this, and he gets super pissed. He does not have a good bedside manner to begin with. I mean, he just kind of unloads on her in an unprofessional manner. It wasn't yelling, but he was just. Very frustrated. Yeah, it was uncomfortable for all of us. So he goes, well, here's what we're going to do. I don't know exactly how close I am with these tools to the BB. So we're going to image it again. So they do another x-ray. This time it's my hand with the tools in the flesh hanging out of my my hand. You should see if you can get that and have that framed. That'd be a cool picture. <laughs> yeah, I did have it at that time. I have no idea where it is now. But yeah, so in the x-ray image, which of course is 2D, it looks like he's really close. So he keeps digging and digging and digging. This went on for enough time that the pain medication is starting to wear off. And so I'm like, I think, you know, I'd like you to stop. And then just as he does that, and he kind of starts bandaging my hand up, the nurse comes in and she said, the police are here and they need to talk to you. And Larry (laughs) fucking (laughs) loses it. (laughs) <laughs> so i should probably explain this point larry already has a history with him with the police and gunplay <laughs> so this bb gun or not this goes down as a gsw in, in the er they have that they're obligated to call the cops right. so they they come in they take us to separate mm-hmm. rooms to get our sides of the story <laughs> <laughs> And that part ends up being just fine because, lo and behold, we had matching stories. (laughs) Thank God. I know I'm like, this is my chance. Why I missed my chance. But, yeah. So I tell the truth. He tells the truth. The cops close the book and they leave. The nurse is crying because Larry... So the doctor already unloaded on her. Now, Larry really unloaded on her when she came in to say the cops were there. I mean, he, he... Oh,
0: the poor nurse, Jeez, nurse. If this lady is listening, please reach out. We'll send you flowers or
1: something. Yeah. God, no kidding. They don't get paid enough for these kinds of things. No, not for these lunatic moments. So cops are gone. My hand is still not fixed. And in fact, it's quite a bit worse now because he's been digging in there for an hour, however long. So he goes, okay, what we're going to do, I'm going to send you to the St. Mary's Hospital where they have a hand expert on call. So I'm like, totally fine. Let's do this. So now it's probably 30, 10 o'clock at night. We get over there and it's a long time before somebody actually sees us. The Novocaine or whatever they use, Lidocaine, whatever they use, has totally worn off now. Yeah. And my hand is throbbing mm-hmm. with every heartbeat. It's just unbearable. And I just want it, you know, I just want the pain under control. Finally, that guy comes over, he unwraps my hand and my hand was swollen up to the size of a I, to, in my mind, it was like the size of a football. My hand was the size of a football. So the guy takes one look at it and he goes, um, the damage is done here. Let's let your, your flesh essentially settle down and we'll schedule you to come back on. You know, it was like four or five days later and they'll do surgery at that point and remove the, the BB and everything will be great. And I'm like, totally fine. So we get out of there, get home and now it's 11 o'clock. I have to work the next morning. I worked at a hotel. I was like a hotel um, front desk clerk. They really bandaged my hand up more than they probably needed to. Because I remember it went all the way up to my elbow. Holy moly. Was it your right or left hand? It was my left hand. Thankfully, I'm right-handed. So that made everything okay for going to work. So I get to work at 6.30 in the morning. And the housekeepers are usually the first ones that I interact with. And they all come in. And this one woman, her name was Lola, actually. Lola comes in. And she goes, what happened to your hand? And I t- start telling her the story. And she goes, I heard about you on the radio on my way into work. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And she goes, this must be, you know, like the news gets their stuff from the police reports. So she goes, yeah, I heard about that. Like, like your dad tried to shoot you or something. And I go, "No." <laughs> so I got done with my day and I get home. The newspaper comes out. And this is still early 90s. People got newspapers and read newspapers still at this point. I don't remember if I saw it or if other people, I think I was down at the Down Under Bar. I probably was meeting my boyfriend out for drinks. And same thing, the hand gets a lot of notice. It's all bandaged up. And people are asking me, And I start telling them. And then somebody goes, oh, yeah, that newspaper has that story in it. And I go, what What are you talking about? Really? I go, oh, I guess I shouldn't be surprised that somebody else told me it was on the radio. So they get the paper and they show it to me. And the headline is, family dispute ends in bloodshed. I'm like, oh, oh my God.
0: (laughs) That is why I got a call from my in-laws and they were like, I remember I'm home. I get a call from them and they're like talking to me very gingerly. What's going on? And then they're like, well, we're so sorry that your dad shot your sister. And I'm like, what?
1: My dad shot my sister. What? What? What are you talking about? Yes, there's an article, and then they read me the article, and I was like, "Holy!" Shit. Because you guys probably had no idea. hadn't You know, this wasn't a big deal to us. It, like, it's not newsworthy for the like. Call the family and let know. No, it's just a weird accident that happened, right? So finally, a couple of days go by and everything's finally starting to settle down. And then the weekly newspaper comes out and it's got, I don't think it was front page, but it was a huge like half page story (laughs) with distorted facts and details that they had just taken from the police report and the PB article. And in the meantime, I'm having to explain myself everywhere I go. So, okay, I skipped the part where I went back to the appointment a few days later. The doctor at the hospital said, you know what? let's just leave it be until it is a problem and then we'll deal with it and I'm like cool
0: when I tell the story I do describe you as a superhero and in my mind like, no but it was like slow-mo then the bullet hits you <laughs> it spins my body around in midair, <laughs> air and it spins your body around and then you land and you hear meow from the box because you're so thankful well, that's
1: pretty much accurate and that's how I like to remember it as well so we'll just say that's how it happened I flew through the air like a superhero So now, fast forward 15 years. Now it's 2007. I was in my 30s somewhere. And I am starting to have nerve pain. And I have them remove it. And he asked before the procedures, I could certainly read this is a dumb question, but any reason you want the BB?" And I'm like, oh, hell yeah. I want that BB." and he like I wasn't expecting that answer nobody usually wants whatever it is in their you know in their body like nope I need this and I want it in a nice little vial so he gives it to me and then Erin was having one of her big family Christmases and that was the only thing I gave Larry for Christmas that year was the baby in the vial wrapped up in a jewelry box
0: <laughs> we hope you enjoyed today's show If you did, please share it with a friend. If everyone listening could do that, it would double our listeners and we would be forever grateful. And we love our reviews. Big thanks to Bets B. Moore, who said this about the show. I've never met these folks, but I want to. It's like everyone is invited to the party because they're having so much fun. And as a listener, it feels like being invited into the conversation. I can't wait for the next episode. Meet you back here next week for more How in the Hell Did I Get Here stories. Until then, pay attention, my friends. You just never know when you might find yourself saying,
1: I don't know if I, like, jumped out and, like, (laughs) dove across the kitchen like a superhero.
0: How in the hell did I get here? To see a picture of the famous BB, which then became an infamous Christmas present, and now proudly resides in our parents' china cabinet... Visit our show notes on our website, How in the Hell Podcast, and also our Facebook group. Our music is by Silent Partner. One more thing. I wanted to give a shout out to my friend, Nicole Rivera. If you're a writer or wannabe, check out her podcast, Stop Writing Alone, to find community and inspiration. It's fantastic. Today's show was produced by Kim A. Floden, and features Jenny Gardner and Carrie Floden.